listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to a new episode. Of course, this podcast, a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, silverscreenandroll.com, where we got you covered for all your Lakers needs. I don't want to say it was a big win today, recording this on a Sunday night. Lakers are 24-3. and It was ugly at times. They, they got a 101-96 win over the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we're going to jump into that and a few other things as well. On with me, usual guest on the podcast, Marcus Fitzgerald. He's a Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 anchor and reporter. What's going on, my man? I'm feeling pretty good, Jazz, because you mentioned that stat. They're 24-3, and but they're also now 1-2 and when I agreed to jump on the podcast this season. It was 0-2 it was previously. So now the Lakers are one and two on those days. So I feel a lot better about that. So we popped the cherry and then we got the first win on, on the day you're coming on. on. On a day where they only had five threes and turned the ball over 22 times. So that's, uh, that's, that's a good omen. I'll take it. <laughs> well, they almost did everything they could to lose this game. I mean, it was funny. Uh, if, you didn't, if you weren't able to watch it, the Hawks were actually within three. And there was a play they ran at the end of the game. I forget now who, who took the shot. But LeBron James, I don't know if you saw that. He just stood there. And then somebody made a joke on, on Twitter uh, earlier that it was like his his controller just got disconnected, and that's exactly what happened. Because oh, you know what, <laughs> I that? you know I I didn't I didn't catch that because as I was watching it, I I remember Trey Young pulling up from the logo, and then I remember Vince Carter sucking everybody in, thinking he was going to take the easy two, and he kicked it out to uh, DeAndre Hunter. I remember those Hunter, two, yeah, but I don't remember LeBron getting uh, disconnected there. Well, I, I got to look at that again. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, go, go back and look at the highlight because he's he's uh, he's standing under the hoop, and as Vince is driving, he comes. He doesn't really commit to help, and he just kind of – it's like, well, dude, you shouldn't be helping off your guy for if the team's down three because what's the point? Yeah. You can give two at that point. But it wasn't that he even fully came over and committed and was like, I'm going to block this guy. He just stood there, literally. <laughs> I think that, that summed up. And I was joking around earlier. I'm like, it looks like they had the Magic City flu or something going on in Atlanta, whatever they did last night because <laughs> against a terrible – let's be honest, the Hawks are terrible, right? They're 6-21. and yeah. 21. Uh, People always jump on about, uh, about Trey Young saying that he's uh, – He's awesome. It's like, yeah, dude, he's putting up, 30, you know, 25, 30 a night on a team that's won six games. So let's not let's not get too carried away. But um, it was it was a sleeping performance by the Lakers. And you mentioned that uh, they turned the ball over 22 times, shot terribly five for 31. Uh, why do you think they were so sluggish in this one? Well, Jazz, I think it was just big strip club the night before energy from the Lakers. Uh, LeBron <laughs> wasn't even LeBron wasn't even with the group. He was watching Bronny play, which is fine. He was being a good dad and a good family man and all that stuff. But you know, I'm I'm sure they have uh, other thoughts in mind, albeit, you know, with uh, with Indiana coming up on Tuesday and then uh, uh, Giannis and Milwaukee on Thursday, the Bucks have won 18 straight games. It's hard to say it's a it's a trap game because uh, Milwaukee's a few days down the line here. But I feel like it almost was, and I feel like uh, two of the last three games here, Orlando, uh, Miami, Miami was a was a more um, uh, complete effort. Uh, they definitely hit the switch and they cranked up the defense. And that's one of the reasons why they're so good, Jazz, and why they've won so many games in a row is because they don't make a ton of threes, as we know. We don't know if they even have a third score at this point, but um, they're good enough defensively. They can crank it up whenever they want. And when they do that, they can get back into games and they can just bludgeon you to death inside. I mean, like we said, they uh, only made five threes. They turned the ball over a ton, but they won the battle on the glass and they pounded them inside scoring. I, I think it was 54 points in the paint to 34 or something like that. So there's going to be nights like this during the regular season where they're going to have strip club energy, basically. But they also know that they're good enough to play with their food for three quarters and figure it out because they can step things up on the defensive end. I hope it's not a, a, a 
a trap day going into uh, Indiana and Milwaukee, but they also know, and I think Frank said this after the game, if we play like that in Indiana and Milwaukee, we will lose. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. curious to see how they, uh, how they look in the next couple of days here. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting part too, you know, man, like if I'm looking at it and a lot of people are, are, are saying things, you know, I'll get people tweeting at me and, and stuff saying, um, oh yeah, you know, they, they, they're not good. Look out, they're barely beating teams. It's like, dude, it's the NBA. You know what I mean? They're 18 and 0 against teams who don't have a winning record who are below 500. I mean, they're just, it doesn't, what, what can you complain about? And then I was thinking that too. I'm like, for, do, for topics on the podcast, I'm like, yeah, the 24 and three, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? What, yeah. are, you, what are you really going to harp on? And, <laughs> and, and you mentioned that too, like, uh, uh, the fact that, you know, defensively, uh, the Hawks only scored 34 points in the paint today. I didn't like the Lakers' defense in terms of uh, rotating and getting around and, and making sure they're closing out on shooters. And I thought the Hawks did a good job of that on the perimeter because they weren't getting anything inside. But when you, when you, I was watching this game, uh, to me, I, I'm looking at it like, and you do remember, I mean, the Warriors, it's not like it happened like, you know, 15 years ago, but the Warriors during their run, um, and the Warriors and Lakers are completely different teams in terms of their makeup and, and the roster construction mm-hmm. and all that. But... I mean, there was times I'd be like, oh, yeah, the, the Warriors are down by 10 to the Bulls at half. Like, oh, wonder what's going on over there. And then I'll check <laughs> the score again in the third quarter. At the end of the third quarter, it's like, oh, the Warriors are up by 17. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think it just happens. I mean, you know, it's not like football where uh, college football where, where teams come out and beat the brakes off of whoever they're playing against when, when they're that much better. Um, right. so, so to me, I'm like, it's the NBA. You're traveling. we gotta, we got to include all these other factors in, into it as well. And, and they still came away with a W. And I'm like, that, that's always the most important thing a couple of notes from this one again if you if you missed it or haven't caught up with it lebron james 32 points 13 rebounds seven dimes almost felt like an off night for him like he had a bunch of highlight real plays like that pass to dwight in the in the in the first half where he was running up and he put it between his legs yeah. and dwight, dwight threw it down like he was uh orlando dwight again and and he had uh lebron also had a nasty throw down as well and it was still an off game because to me i remember watching the first half i was like seems like they have like the energy, like they're just having like an intra-squad squimmage. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're getting some nice plays out of it, but it didn't seem like everybody really cared. No, uh, that was that was definitely the case. But I mean, LeBron's been that way for 17 years where he can coast and you look at the stat line at the end of the game and, oh, he had 29, 11 and 8. And I didn't seem to notice any of it. That's that's the greatness of LeBron. That's why he's so good. Um, but the difference here and again, I, I, I harp back to what they do defensively. Uh, he's he's a big part of that. Uh, we've talked about it on your podcast before is that he's an engaged guy in the defensive end of the floor and that that carries and that'll carry even when you know they can't quite get the offense going or they don't quite have you know the juice or they're just not quite feeling it because yeah they were probably out the night before because it's Atlanta that's what they do again Braun was in in freaking Ohio watching his son play like they were off doing different things that probably had a lot to do with it but he's also engaged defensively that was not the case last year and when he is that trickles down to everybody else Anthony Davis is probably a your DPOY at this point. And uh, when you've got those two guys leading the way, you're going to find a way to ramp it up when you need to. The The Lakers switch is probably the best in the league right now. Now, I will say I haven't watched enough of Milwaukee. I know they've won eight straight, 18 straight and, you know, they're, they're top three and offensive and defensive efficiency. And the Lakers are both top five. The Lakers are right there with them. And, and we'll see how that plays out on Thursday. But that's the biggest thing. The biggest takeaway for me, Jazz, is, is that switch. Like, they were down, what was it, seven or eight at halftime in Miami the other night. And you just mm-hmm. kind of knew, ah, they'll figure it out and they'll come back. And they do. And they, like you said, they don't do it like the Warriors used to. Where they're not going to bludgeon you with threes, but they're going to ramp up the defense. They're going to pound you inside. And they're just going to chip away. And you've got LeBron to create. You've got Davis inside. It's, uh, it's quite the combo. Even, even if it's not the Golden State switch, the switch they have is uh, pretty impressive. 
Oh yeah, man, and 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 that's the thing too. Like I was even watching, um, you know, some of watching all their games. Really, I watch every every game of the year. But um, it's it is it's it's like a different type of switch. It's almost like okay, now we're going to lock in. We're actually going to put the effort in defensively. Uh, we're going to make sure our rotations are good. We're moving the ball and let LeBron and, and AD do their thing. And that's another thing. Like Anthony Davis take twenty seven points, thirteen rebounds. So him and LeBron combined for fifty nine points today. And if you're looking at this. Um, like I was looking back over the kind of the Lakers schedule and, and going through their, their previous games, other than that loss they had to the Clippers on opening night where Danny Green went off and he had 28 points every game since then, the leading scorer has either been LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Right. I and mean, then these two are, uh, unstoppable together. And if you get a chance to read, um, read Sabrina Merchant's article, it's on silverscreenworld.com. She wrote about the fact that AD and LeBron could be co-MVPs at this point. And you shouldn't be really batting eyelash to that. You know what I mean? Like these guys together have been as advertised or they're so freaking good that if they're putting up 60 points a night, 70 points a night, which we've seen, they actually combined for 80 in that Minnesota, in that Minnesota win. um, (laughs) You can't beat them. Like, how are you going to be able to, how are you going to be able to beat the the Lakers if those two guys are are going like that? And, and yes, they have deficiencies and and they're obvious. And and that's the thing. Sometimes when, when we're talking about, there's no, nobody's being negative. We're not going to sit here and pump them up for 30 minutes because to me, the Lakers still have another gear left. Like they're not even they're not like optimally where they should be in terms of their bench production. Uh, not having Kuz is hurting, but he's been he's been struggling. We're going to talk about him a little bit as well as we go forward. But if you look at the bench today, two points from Dwight, three from Avery Bradley. Rondo was good. He had 11 points, seven rebounds, five dimes, and then two from Caruso. So, I mean, you look at that, it's 18 points off the bench. The bench hasn't had to carry them or had to have the depth to be able to keep up with a team that can score 115 and 100 or 120 points. So I'm interested to see what Frank Vogel is going to come up with on how they can get a better rotation to get some more meaningful minutes from their bench. Because, like I said, if AD and LeBron are doing what they're doing all season, this is a 65 to, to, to 67 win team. Yeah, for sure. And, and you and I talked about it uh, before the season started, that there was an NBA Jam tournament where you just took the best duos in the league. And I actually think about some of the other duos in the Western Conference. I mean, Houston's not bad. They've had their struggles, and Russell Westbrook hasn't really been uh, himself. But when you put those two together with Harden, it's just dribble, 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 and Russ, you go stand in the corner. And then you've got you know, Kawhi and PG, great defensively, but you know, if you ask Kawhi to be the full-time playmaker like LeBron, you're not going to be nearly as successful. Kawhi is not quite on that playmaking level of LeBron. So when you got LeBron and AD, you have the best of both worlds. You have LeBron being the playmaker that he is. He, as of this taping, I believe, still leads the league in assists. I could be wrong on that. Uh, he's also still LeBron James. And then you've got Anthony Davis defensively, uh, who is probably your defensive player of the year. So, I mean, the theme in the NBA is is pairings and twosomes, but there is no doubt that this one right now wearing Laker uniforms is, is the best. They're just the best together. Now I will say this, as far as the bench is concerned, Jazz, they were five for 31 from three. I was stunned that Troy Daniels didn't get more of uh, more of a run. I, I don't, I don't know. That, I don't know if he was sick. I don't know. I don't know if he was out, you know, with that strip club energy and not feeling well or whatever. I just, I just thought that we'd see a little more of Troy Daniels in this game. That, that kind of surprised me since they shot so poorly from deep. Well, it doesn't surprise me because Troy Daniels is useless other than hitting, hitting, <laughs> two, hitting, hitting two or three threes. Once I, know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, you know, you put him in there, <laughs> maybe he makes a couple. Then you're, then you're seven for, for 31 instead of five for 31, and then you win by 10, and we're not talking about this, right? Well, here, here's, something, you know what, here, here's something that will surprise you with this. So you're looking at, like, okay, the Lakers, and people were, were saying this after the game, too, that, oh, the Lakers need to get some shooting. They don't have enough, you know, outside. 
The Lakers were actually coming into this game were fifth in the NBA in three-point percentage. After this game, they fell to 12th, right? Mm -hmm. So, they, I mean, they haven't been shooting that bad. But I, I do think that's something they're going have to have to address at some point is having a consistent score off the bench. And, and we've talked about this on the, on the podcast before as well. It's like you have all these guys, and it's like a random mashup. You know what I mean? Like of just random people you just stick together in a, in a room and say, well, here, you know what I mean? Like there's no – I almost think there's no rhyme or reason other than like LeBron James, Anthony Davis – uh, Danny Green brings brings a, a specific skill set. Avery Bradley does that. But then you have a bunch of like Alex Caruso, very good defensively, not great offensively. Rondo does does well from time to time offensively, turnstile defensively. And Quinn Cook, I don't know what the hell Quinn Cook is because to me, <laughs> I don't know why he's even on the team at this point. He's been terrible. Uh, I thought he would be a decent pickup in terms of his shooting. No, he, he hasn't been. But um, when, I'm, when I'm watching this, and you mentioned like AD and LeBron, it's like, yeah, they're easily the best duo in, in the league, man. And, 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 and to me, like if you look at the, the Western Conference right now, um, other than the Clippers, and I still think that's a, that, that is going to be a matchup that if the Lakers and Clippers play in the playoffs, it's going seven games. Because the, yeah. the, teams, the Clippers don't match up with the Lakers well, and the Lakers don't match up with the Clippers well. It's not like no. any team has the advantage. Because the, the Lakers, will, they can go to Anthony Davis inside all day, and uh, the perimeter guys are probably going to get locked up with, with uh, Kawhi and, and, and PG out there. You're not going to lock up LeBron, but, but the rest of the guys, however they want to divvy up who they're guarding. Is there anybody else in the Western Conference that you look at and say, they can give the Lakers a run for their money in a seven-game series? Uh, no. <laughs> no? No. Straight up, uh, that's you know what? No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just no. Like, like I mean, I, I know that Luka is, is hurt for a couple weeks, and maybe Luka gets hot for two games in a best of seven. That's going to be the big question, Jazz, with the Lakers. I mean, we can sit here in the regular season. You could put LeBron James and Anthony Davis out there with three fire hydrants and still win 54 games. We know that. But when you get into a playoff situation – um, you know, you're playing a seven game series and it's all about just execution and matchups. And by the end of it, you know, that, that old adage, it's like, you know, both teams know each other by the end of a series. So you just have to be able to execute. Somebody's going to have to be the guy and have that game to have that podium game as Jay Adonde used to say. So we're going to definitely worry about that when the playoffs roll around regular season. It's not really an issue right now because with LeBron and AD, that's 50 wins already, and they're well on their way. I think even now they could just play 500 basketball the rest of the way and still win 50 games. But to get back to your original question, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I really am to try to figure out if there's any other team in the West. Maybe if Denver was to trade for Kevin Love, like if you move Paul Millsap for Love or something like that, maybe they can unlock Jokic. And if you know Nikola gets in shape and Jamal Murray continues to make a bit of a leap, maybe Denver, maybe with the elevation. But they handled the Nuggets pretty good in Denver just a couple of weeks ago. We saw what AD did down the stretch defensively against Jokic and Murray. And, and Houston, it's, it's the same old stuff with D'Antoni and Harden's going to wear down and they're going to miss shots and they're going to fade out and die as they always have. And <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know what? It's, it's just, it's, it's a lot of the same outside the Lakers and the Clippers. It's a lot of the same in the Western conference. So that's a really fancy way. I just used 600 words to say, no, there's not, it's the Lakers and the Clippers and, and that's it. We will wait till uh, the beginning of May. <laughs> and for you, non, for you non-media people who are listening to this, that's exactly what you don't do. You use 600 words when 20 would have done, right, Marcus? That's, that's always the key to it, right? <laughs> yeah, but, that's right. Uh, you know what, to, 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 to counter your point, um, there is one team who I think could push the Lakers to the limit. I don't think they'll beat them in a, in a seven-game series, but I think they can take two or three games, the Dallas Mavericks. And I know yeah. they've, only played, they've only played twice, you know, and then the, the Lakers beat them once in, in Dallas in overtime, and then 
a couple of Sundays ago that the Mavericks beat the Lakers, pretty much beat down the Lakers in that 114-100 win. But uh, just stylistically, I think those are the teams that the Lakers are going to have issues with is ones that can spread the floor um, and just run and cut and shoot threes and, and, and that's it. And they're fast, athletic, uh, whereas the Lakers are more of a slow it down, uh, try and grind you out type of team. The, the Mavericks are more like, you know what, let's, let's push the pace here, get, get the pace going and, and try and get some open three-pointers. So that is one team that I think that could give the Lakers fits but not beat them. You know what I mean? They're not there yeah. yet. They're going to beat them in a seven-game series. Yeah, yeah, no, and at the beginning of my last point there, I did mention Dallas right away, and again, I know Luka's a bit banged up, but if they were to face Luka in a playoff series, you're not going to ask LeBron to guard him the entire time, um, you know, so yeah. Luka, Luka could be the guy to to give you a couple of 35-point games and to give you a scare. Now, a scare is different than actually winning a playoff series. There have been a lot of great Laker teams that have survived scares from Western Conference foes over mm-hmm. the years but uh you know for it to say that there's another team out there other than the clippers that could flat out beat them four times out of seven that's a, that's a very tall ask dallas could take them to six i think easily uh and you know what houston could probably do that too who knows but at the end of the day the only team in the west that can beat them is uh right there right across the hall at uh, at staples yeah, that's that. that I'm, I'm hoping we get to see that finally. You know what I mean? That like both teams are good at the same time. I mean, the Clippers yeah. have only been good like for like six years of my adult life in total, cumulatively. <laughs> but uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch that. Um, want to jump in back into what we were talking about a little bit before with the uh, bench scoring and 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 where do the Lakers can shore things up? And we'll jump into that after a short break. All right, and we are back, uh, Marcus. The the bench. If you're looking at it now, and and. Today's December 15th, and as, as we know, the summertime, there was like, what, like almost 50% of the NBA roster turned over, so you, mm-hmm. can't, you, can, you weren't able to trade players until today. Today's the first day. Uh, that's why you haven't seen much movement in terms of uh, players getting going to different teams and, and uh, different cities and stuff because of that NBA rule that when you sign a new player, you got to keep them um, until this date. So uh, now it opens up a little bit. Yeah. The Lakers just don't have, they just don't have the assets to pick up anybody good. Let's be honest. I mean, they can't trade their picks because you can't do it in back-to-back years. Um, they also can't, they don't have cap space that they can sit there and say, well, you know, we can take on a big contract and, and maybe ship off some stuff that a team is looking to shed some salary and, and uh, you know, figure something out with some second round picks and cash being being sent over. That just, it, it's it's not going to be feasible. But yeah. we all know, and I'm not going to talk about this because we it's we beat it like to, like it's a dead horse, the 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 Andre Iguodala thing. We'll see what happens with all that. We don't know. So I don't, I don't want to waste too much time talking about that. But um, is there any other player out there you think the Lakers should try and keep their eyes on or that they'd be able to get to improve their roster? Or is it going to be something that, hey, oh, we just got to wait for the buyout market and, and see what veterans come come available at that time? Now, you know, honestly, Jazz, I, I think with the Lakers, they just have to wait for the buyout market because I, I monkey around with the trade machine on ESPN once in a while. And I tried to figure out, OK, how can they get another playmaking wing without giving up Kyle Kuzma in a deal? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Robert Covington in Minnesota. Wouldn't that oh, be yeah. a nice fit? But that wouldn't really work. Or Bogdan Bogdanovich in, uh, in, in Sacramento. Wouldn't that be a nice fit? Yeah. But then who would you have to give up? That's the issue that they face right now. And like you said, I mean, you just said it like they're capped out. And they don't have, you know, the the contract days of Mozgov and Deng aren't there anymore. You know what I mean? Like for Yo, years, that Mozgov, yeah. Deal, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Mozgov deal, that Deng deal kind of just sat there like, well, you know, if you just toss that deal, it's an expiring and other teams yeah. would like that. <laughs> we, we can't we can't do that anymore. So, I mean, yeah, no, there would be there's a few guys out there who would be nice fits for the Lakers. But we know and you said it that 
there's just no way that they can trade for those guys. Now, as far as the buyout market, I haven't looked at that. I have no idea <laughs> who could come in and out this team. I, 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 I wish there was some magical elixir that could just create somebody out of thin air who could make threes and defend and, and just, you know, be a good, be a good locker room guy. Basically just take Jared Dudley and just put him on steroids. You find, know, you find, know, find that guy. You, can you I, can I, mean? I, can I read you, can I read you Jared Dudley's stat line for today? It was, yes, it's fantastic. It, it's the most Jared Dudley thing. I love Jared Dudley's. I'm not putting him down. So 17 much. minutes, 17 minutes, zero of zero for the field. Didn't attempt a shot. No free throws, no rebounds, no assists, one steal, Four personal fouls. What a stat line for Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley, you are the player of the game today, right? For the, with that stat line. Well, you know what? Let me let me tell you that was uh, that was my stat line many a night in in high school. So I can I can relate to that. Jared, Jared, Jared Dudley is Jared Dudley is the everyman. And hey, listen, he's actually shot a good percentage from three. He had some big ones uh, the other night against Miami, and he's done all the right things. He's said all the right things. Hey, if you come after LeBron or AD, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that twenty thousand dollar fine. That's my job. <laughs> that's yeah, what they'll, they'll do. Do, yeah because he knows they'll pay it right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we'll, we'll pay the fine jared he he is a man of the people but i guess that was uh he was one steal away from getting the sam mitchell special zero yeah. zero 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 just quit <laughs> <laughs> and we love and we love and we love jared but that, that was a, that was a pretty good line today from him <laughs> yeah you see uh, well obviously once coos comes back i don't think we're going to be seeing much uh jared yeah. on the floor but uh that's the other thing man kyle kuzma a lot of people asking me about that, too, and, and I got a few tweets about this after the game. Um, he doesn't – is he a fit on this team? Like, are we sure that he's, he's the guy? Because we – you know, he's – and I always say this. I'm like, look, you look back at the 05, 06, or I believe, yeah, I believe it was the 05, 06, or, or 4, 05 uh, Raptors, uh, whatever year it was, the, the year after um, Chris Bosh left, right? I think it was uh, – or before he got there. So, I think whatever it was. Mike James. Mike, you know Mike James? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He put up 24 a game in the NBA. Now, the team sucked, but he put up 24 <laughs> points a game. And yeah. I, I was looking like, and I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma sucks. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Mike James sucks. But um, Kyle Kuzma, like, when the Lakers were bad, like, especially his first season, he was like, oh, damn, this guy's putting up, you know, 18 a game, 17 a game. And you're like, oh, he can play. Well, no, he's, he's also putting up those numbers on a team that stinks. And now yeah. last year, yeah, he's putting up decent numbers. The team didn't make the playoffs. And now that the team is good, he's not putting up numbers. And so I'm looking at it like, is, is he ever going to live up? And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Again, he missed, missed the, uh, you know, a lot of the offseason and from August through basically late October and into November. We know he was dealing with that ankle injury. And that does take a toll on an NBA player. You're not, you're not a part of uh, training camp. You're not really a part of, of practices. Your conditioning always is, is, is something that has to take time to get caught up on. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard to do that. Then he was sick. And now he's having more issues with that ankle. So I'll give him another month. But... Do you think he's ever going to live up to that billing of he's going to be our sixth man and, and he's going to be the guy to come in and, and score 15 a night consistently off the bench? Well, I mean, every, every fan base tends to overhype their young kids. We need to look no further than the current version of the New Orleans Pelicans right now. Brandon Ingram is a borderline all-star, and that's fantastic. Good for B.I. because he had some health problems last year, and he's clearly beaten that, and he's moved on, and he's you know, showing what type of player he can be in the NBA. But the Pels have also lost, what is it now, nine or ten in a row? Like that, that, you know, it, it sounds mean to say it, but that loser DNA is still entrenched in B.I. and in Lonzo and in Josh Hart. And, you know, you can lump Kyle Kuzma into that group. That's always the concern is that when Kyle came in and joined the team, they were bad. And, yeah, he put up some numbers, but we can go down a laundry list of teams, of bad teams throughout NBA history. 
that have had uh, you know good stats guys on it. When you brought up Jazz Kuzma and, and and you know good numbers on bad teams, and you and I are from Vancouver for whatever reason, I immediately thought of Othello Harrington for some reason. Like oh, Othello would yeah, go in there, yeah. Othello would go in there and give you nineteen and ten through you know three out of four nights. You go, wow. Oh, they got a steal with this guy out of the low post with his left hand. Oh, and then he goes, <laughs> and then he and then he goes to the Knicks, and and you know, and the Knicks were still quasi competitive at that time. And oh, Othello Harrington had seven and three tonight in twenty eight minutes. What the hell happened? You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, know you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, you can you can go down the list. There's lots of uh, good stats on on bad teams, guys. And the concern, and I think what we're getting to is, is Kuz just a good stats on a bad team guy? Yeah. As opposed to being a number three third banana on a championship team where you see him hitting dagger jump shots in the postseason. And I and I hope he gets to that because, again, I don't think the Lakers want to move the kid unless you're going to bring in like Robert Covington or something like that. So they have to hope, essentially, that that Kuz can can grow into that. And I, and I think you're right. And I agree with you. We'll give him a month because, you know, ankle and sickness and this and that. And it's been hard for him and he's lost time at the start of the year, but I think that's kind of where we are with Kuzma. Uh, we have to hope that he can do those things, and uh, I, I think that he can. There's, there's a certain fearlessness to him that I kind of see sometimes, but that's where we're at with him. Uh, he may be a good stats on a bad team guy, but he has to be able to do it in April and May, and we won't know until we see it. So that's going to be the biggest wild card for this Lakers team. As good as they will be going down the stretch, that's going to be the biggest wild card. Oh, for sure, man. And you know, it's, it's funny you're talk, talking about that, too. I, I think back to the Grizzlies days, Vancouver Grizzlies, the Sharif Abdurrahim. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah. you know, Sharif Abdurrahim, he's, he's going to be a superstar. No, he's a, he's a, he's a scorer on a bad team. On a, on a mm-hmm. championship team, he's your third option. You know what I mean? Fourth option, yeah. maybe even. But on the Grizzlies, it was like, can Sharif, you know, be the guy? It's like, no, we saw it after two seasons. No, he's not going to. How many times did he miss? Remember how many times he missed shots in the in the clutch towards the end of games? I love Sharif too. You know what I mean? Because he was the best Grizzly of all time when they were in Vancouver, and that yeah. just shows how bad the team was. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and and that's why I almost think of like with Kuz is, you know, did we over? Because and I said this back in in August too. Once Boogie went down, that that killed that killed a lot of I think the Lakers' plans for how to run the rotation. Because then you're like, all right, you know what? We can take LeBron and AD out together for three, four minute stretch here, or overlap their their uh, their rest time for about you know three minutes of game of actual game minutes, and and have Boogie out there running the offense. You know what I mean? He's a great passer out of the post. Not gonna, be, I don't think he's gonna be the same Boogie we saw in Sacramento, obviously before his, uh, and then he went to New Orleans before his Achilles injury. But he could still smart enough to to run the offense through. And and when he went down, I'm like, all right, well they still got Kuz, and Kuz is gonna be able to come in and do that. And he just hasn't found his footing. And to me, I'm looking at it like. Um, if you're in the middle of January and he's sitting there and he, he's just not producing on a consistent basis because he had some big games, but a lot of times he's been invisible. And, and to me, I'm looking at it and I, I just don't, I don't think he's going to be a fit here long term. And it, the, the worst part about it, you can't trade him because he's only, he's got a $2 million salary. So you're not going to get fair value back from that. You know what I mean? Um, it's going to yeah. be hard to do that. You don't have the space to, to take on a big salary with that. Uh, now, again, I agree with you. A guy like Robert Covington would be perfect perfect for this team but um that remains to be seen that is going to be the biggest wild card let's jump into this just for the fun of it the warriors at 20 let's go with the 2015 now we'll go we'll go with the next year let's go to the 2016 2017 year first time with durant who wins a seven game series between these lakers and those warriors uh probably those warriors because they had too many uh too many athletic options defensively uh you know iguodala and livingston and 
and and all those guys. They they would just wear you down on the perimeter, not just offensively, but at at the other end of the floor. And also Iguodala can give you, especially that year, he can give you 10, 15 points, and Livingston can do that too, or the Lakers don't have that. So by a mile, yeah, no, it, uh, that Warrior team beats this Laker team, without a doubt. Yeah, not, you think not, you, you, not, not even not not even a debate. They just they beat really them. okay. <laughs> where, where, yeah. where do you think? How do you think the series goes? Let's say they were they were playing. Oh, it'd probably go six, but I don't know. And you know what? We're also looking at this under the scope of well, LeBron's on the floor, and we saw LeBron against the 2016-17 Warriors, and those Warriors uh, swept them or beat them in five, I should say, uh, because yeah. Kyrie went off once. And I'm sure that Anthony Davis will have a couple of nice nights in a series like that, but there's just too much defensively length on the perimeter that that, uh, that that Warriors team had that it it would have been too much for that Laker team because as soon as you give Danny Green the ball uh-oh <laughs> oh yeah that's right they're just you know? suffocate him right to the yeah do you know what I mean like, no, like, potato with it exactly you're gonna make Danny Green put the ball on the floor and we we even saw in the finals against last year's Warriors you you want to make Danny Green put the ball on the floor that's just what you want to do so that's what they would have done and they just wouldn't have had enough firepower AD and LeBron would have been great in that series I have no doubt but it wouldn't have been enough they just would have worn down I think it would have been. I think it would have been a six. The the Warriors win in six too. Hmm. Uh, that's that's what I would. I think the Lakers would take a couple games uh, off of them. But I agree with you. I just think there's too much firepower for them to keep up with um, the Warriors. And again, that that's where the depth comes in. Like, yeah, you had Iguodala and and Livingston coming off the bench and doing their things and 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 able to contribute. You know what I'm saying? Like they could score. Yeah. And whereas again with the Lakers, you, I don't I don't know who the, who they have coming out of there. And and it's still it's, it's amazing to me to look at it like. 24 and three, man, that's insane. Right. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm just like, holy, like, you know, what a, like it, that's it's sheer domination at this point. So, uh, we can't complain. We can't say too many things are going wrong. Uh, let's wrap up with this, man. They've got a great, great schedule coming up in terms of if you're a casual basketball fan and you want to see some good games, the Pacers are sneaky good. You know what I mean? They're not a bad team. They're not very, uh, uh, they're not star dependent. Obviously when, when, uh, Vickle Adipo comes back, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later, I'm sure that'll help, but they're 18 and nine, sitting in sixth in the in the East. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, probably their best player, but they're deep. They remind me a lot of the Miami Heat. They they don't have like Jimmy Butler is is better than any of the players the the Pacers have right now, but he's not a superstar. He's an all star. And when I'm looking at it, they have a lot of guys that scored double figures, but the Lakers can't go into it with Magic City energy and expect to win, right? <laughs> no. that, that again. Yeah. You know they'll, they'll they'll get spanked, and then. The big one, man, on uh, on Thursday. Let's touch on that. The Bucks, same record as as the Lakers at twenty four and three. The Bucks also on an eighteen game winning streak, so that's damn impressive as well. Obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo leading the way there. Um, who, do, who do you think wins that game on Thursday? Uh, you know what? It's really going to depend on AD's ankle, and that's that's a real bummer statement to make. Uh, but I mean, he kind of tweaked it at the end of the game today, and. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I give him credit for gutting it out the way he did. Uh, initially, I thought, why aren't they taking him out? Because, uh, you know, obviously because of the schedule coming up, not just the Bucks game, but you've got Indiana in a couple of days. You've got a uh, Denver game in there as well. The Clippers on Christmas Day. Um, but, you know, I don't I'm not a doctor. I don't know too much about injuries, but I also know that adrenaline takes over when something like that happens. And I'm sure A.D. is fine tonight. But I would be frankly stunned if he played Tuesday in Indiana. And I think if he's a little bit hobbled on Thursday in Milwaukee, uh, I would have to give the edge to the Bucks, just the way that they've looked. I mean, they're at home um, and the Lakers might be a little bit lost if all of a sudden AD is not out there in a, in a tough environment against a really good team, both offensively and defensively. So if AD's healthy, uh, they can find a way because they found a way to win a lot of ball games this year. They can hit the switch. Something we talked about at the beginning of the show. 
But if AD's banged up, uh, I think Milwaukee wins this one by 10 or 15 points. And, and then we move on and, uh, and look forward to the next matchup. Well, just, just so you know, I mean, I know, and I'll read this as well for people listening. Uh, Kyle Goon on uh, on Twitter announces Anthony Davis twisted his right ankle. Um, he was in an ice bath. He just, this is a quote from AD. I uh, just wanted to finish the game, tweaked it a little bit, but just tried to play the rest of the game off adrenaline and then attend to it after the game. So he said it was a little bit sore. I'm assuming, okay. and I've twisted my ankle a combined 217 times during my basketball <laughs> basketball days, which is a very, very long time ago. Um, so I know it's going to take him a few days, and he's definitely not going to be healthy completely by by Thursday if it is if it is a twisted ankle, depending on the uh, on the level of the uh, level of the sprain. But I agree with you. I, I'm expecting Milwaukee to win that game. I, I even think if AD is, is fully healthy, I think the end of a, a end of a five game road trip for the Lakers, um, they have played a bunch of games like you know three and four nights, three and four nights. They have to do that a couple of times, and I, I just don't think they'll have the energy to be able to compete with the Bucks. The Bucks and their fans are going to treat that like it's Game Seven of the championship. Let's not get oh, that course. twisted either. Yeah, they're going to be out in, in full force, and the players will be up, and and then we'll have Lakers fans, the ones who are crazy, being like. Oh my God! You see what happened? It's like no, it's okay. It's the end of a five-game road trip. These guys are probably tired. There's a bunch of factors that go into it. But then after that, I'm looking forward to the 22nd at home against Denver, and then the Christmas Day game, obviously against the Clippers, will will be a statement for for the Lakers to make uh, as well. But ultimately, let, let's get out of here on this one. If if you look at this team right now at 24 and three, what do you think they finished? The, how many wins do you think they finished the season with? Oh, regular season? Uh, ooh, boy. Well, it's it, it'd be fun and you know borderline spicy for us to say, that, yeah, they can win 70 games. But no, I, I don't think so. I think this is this is a 65-win team. I, I think they win 65 games. There's going to be some wear and tear. I'm, I'm sure that, and I hope this isn't the beginning of, of a rough patch for Anthony Davis health-wise because he's had that throughout his career. But I just get the sense that there is going to be some wear and tear and they're going to be resting guys. They're going to rest LeBron. They're going to rest AD just a little bit. It's not going to be full load management. They're not going to sit 10, 15 games, but they're going to pick their spots. And I, I think this is a 65-win team, which, hey, nothing to shake a stick at or anything like that. I know that both the Bucks and the Lakers are on 70-win paces, but they won't win 70 because that doesn't matter. I think they'll win 65, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think they'll win somewhere between 60 60- 62 and 66. I think it's somewhere where we're, we're a little settled. It'll be interesting though, man. At least, hey, at least we're talking about this stuff now, not talking about last season. Like, oh, it's, it's okay. Wait till the young guys come around. You know what I mean? So at least we're, <laughs> at least we're, we're, we're talking about a winning, winning squad here. Uh, Marcus, always fun to have you on, man. I'm sure we're going to do this again soon. Appreciate you, brother. Look forward to uh, seeing you soon back in the lower mainland. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. We'll, we'll be in touch. All right, that's Marcus Fitzgerald. He's a Sportsnet 650 anchor and reporter. Uh, you can also catch him on Twitter online at Marcus Fitzy, F-I-T-Z-Y. Uh, don't forget to follow us as well. We're at Lakers SBN. Harrison, Christian, all the guys who take over the Twitter account during games are friggin' hilarious, and they also give you some good analysis as well. So make sure you follow us there. And don't forget, subscribe to our podcast network. Leave us a five-star rating. I'm not asking for anything less than that. Don't be, don't be that guy that, or, or woman who leaves us anything less. We want a five-star rating. Uh, I'm just kidding. You can, you can leave your honest opinion on there. I'm not going to get mad at you for it. But don't forget to subscribe. Like I said, we, we are everywhere you get your podcast fix, whether that's iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We are there. And, of course, SilverScreenAndRoll.com, your home for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. Big week coming up. Don't forget. Your team's sitting at 24 and 3, and I'll talk to you all next week.